welcome to Roman Emperors Hotelus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine 11. And Jamie, this is episode 100. <gasps> OMG! Yeah. That's amazing! You didn't oh, even realise that, did no. you? Yeah. That's fantastic! <sighs> Wow, no, let me check. <laughs> Do you not believe me? No. Oh, I didn't put on the last one. I didn't put 99. Well, Hang you should on. have done. 98. Did you even write what number it is? Oh, usually? Yeah, 96. It's Heraclius. <laughs> 97. Yeah. Heraclius, 98. 99. Rob, this is episode 100. It is, it is. We got there in the end. Wow. It's episode 100. 100 times we have rated an emperor now, or at least by the end of this episode, we will have done. Wow. 100 times. That's uh, it's a centenary. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. Don't know what else to say about this milestone, to be honest, but it's definitely a milestone. Yeah. Oh, this is lovely. It is. Oh, I didn't even get you anything. We should have had at least done the poppers. I've got some. We could just pretend, though, by making poppy right. noises. Whee! Right, there we go. That's enough of celebration. Yeah. Um, uh, other thing to celebrate, you're not dead. Uh, n- well, that we know of. No, uh, at the time of recording. Yeah. Uh, you're not dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've already not been dead for a president episode, but for those listeners who only listen to our Roman podcast, um, yeah, you made it. You made it back from yes, your holiday. Yes, I did, yeah. You did. did. No, no Roman emperors, though, I'm afraid. That is very disappointing. Didn't, didn't see a find. single one. No. How, that how hard did you look? Admittedly not the hardest. Okay. Um, there's a lot of cocktails. Did you see any Ostrogoths? Yes. That's all right, then, as long as you saw them. There was a group of them hanging around in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, dressed all in black and it's yeah. quite funny. It's like it's quite hot. Yeah, yeah. So. Ah, well, there you go then. Right. Well, I'm guessing since uh, God, it's been about five weeks since we recorded our last yeah. Emperor episode. Yeah, it is. Uh, you probably want and a bit of a, probably about six weeks. Yeah, it's been a very long time, hasn't yeah. it? Um, you probably want a bit of a recap, don't you? Please. Right. Okay. Well, last time was Constance II, the bearded. Oh, I remember yeah? the beard. Remember the beard? He ruled for quite a while. Due to infighting, the Muslim expansion slowed down. Yeah. Which gave Constance to a bit of wiggle room. So he was able to go and look at other areas that needed attention. In yeah. particular, he went to Italy. He uh, visited Rome. Yep. He stripped Rome of yeah, all its wealth. And then he went to Italy, where he died due to a soap dish being introduced to his head rather rudely. I don't remember that at all. He got bashed over the head with a soap dish. You can keep repeating that. All of a sudden. No. He's he was in a bath. Bathing. He's died. Bathing. It says. Yeah, he died. Team. Does, does that say soap dish by any chance? Servant. Yes, yes, his servant with a soap dish. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It was a long. Six time weeks ago. ago. But it's fine. It's okay. That's why I'm here to deliver the facts. Thank you. Right. What we didn't cover much of was the fact that he left his three sons in Constantinople when he went off west on yeah. his own, and uh, they were left in charge. And the eldest of these sons is Constantine IV, and that's who we're looking at today. Okay. So in around six five two. The bearded Constance II and his wife, Fausta, had their first of three sons. Constantine was the first, then Heraclius, and then Tiberius. The name okay. Tiberius is making a comeback. Again. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Everything's cyclical, though, isn't it? <clears throat> it's gets, you know, he was a really popular name, then you had Tiberius one, it fell out of massive favour. Yeah. He's a bit weird. Then, you know, Tiberius two came back again. Yeah, yeah. Fell out of favour, he's terrible. Yeah. And then, yes, yeah, back again. Yeah, yeah, we've got another one. 
This this one doesn't turn into Tiberius three though. Oh yeah, that's a shame. That is a shame. <clears throat> so we do have a Constantine though, another Constantine, and this Constantine is the great grandson of Heraclius. Oh yeah, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, because huh. we have never had one before. Not a great grandson, no. No, it got me thinking. Now, how how many sons and grandsons have we had? So the first one is Titus and then Domitian following Vespasian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was our first our first father-to-son succession. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Commodus following Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got Caracalla following Severus. Oh. Can you start to see a pattern here? Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, generally, <laughs> sons weren't, weren't doing too well. Right. The Gordians were quite well, successful, weren't they? <laughs> They were successful at some things, I imagine. And also, we can't really say Gordian 2 succeeded. Gordian 1, they were both put on no. the throne at the same time. Succeed is far too positive. Word, <laughs> yeah, it? it really is. <laughs> there were a couple of father-to-son successions in the crisis, but that was all <laughs> just a mess. Crisis uh, for a reason. Yeah. And then finally, we get our first grandson. Our first grandson was Constantius 2, because oh. Constantine the Great and then... Constantius one, yeah, yeah. So oh. they they weren't directly one after another, no. uh, but that was our first grandson. Counts, yeah. Well, uh, technically as well, um, Constantius two's brothers, but they were so pathetic. I didn't think to count them. Yeah, fair enough. We also got a uh, a grandson when Theodosius two hit the throne. All right. Yeah, he was the grandson of Theodosius. Makes sense. Son of Arcadius. Yes. So we've had a few, but now we have had Heraclius, Constantine three B, yeah, Constans two, and now Constantine four, great grandson. Oh, it's like a, a real dynasty going on. Well, the first dynasty, in a way. <laughs> yes, the first Roman dynasty. It's how they will be known from now on. <laughs> anyway, we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves because Constantine IV is not actually an emperor yet. No, oh, right. Yeah, he's just been born. And for the first ten years of his life, Constantine would have lived the life of a prince. He was born to the purple, as they say, or in the purple, around the purple. Caressed by the purple. Yeah, he was caressed purple by the touch. purple. He, he was purple-touched. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he was the heir apparent and would have been treated as much. He was made co-emperor at a very early age, at around two. And there you go, that's about all we know about his early life. We're still in a source drought, so we know very little about really anything that's going on at this time. Okay. We do know that at about the age of ten, his father left the capital to go west and shore up support in Italy, and then possibly Africa. He ended up settling in Sicily. As we saw last week, Constantine, his mother and two brothers, stayed behind in the capital. Constantine, being co-emperor, obviously was in charge. Yeah. But he was only ten, so advisors would have would have ruled. <clears throat> the years go by, and the boy Constantine turned into a young man one day. Hello, father. <laughs> Our father's gone. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> yeah. mother. Yeah, more like that. Sorry, my voice is breaking a bit. Yeah, just one day. Just came down with a full beard. Yeah, well, oh, actually, we're, we're come to that. Oh, yay! That, that day's not happened yet. He's, he's on, the, on the fence of... Yeah, sort of, sort of peach fuzz on his, on his chin. Okay. Yeah, still slightly shy around girls. Oh, yeah, goes yeah. red and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he's like Spends at the a, an inordinate amount of time in his bedroom, the door shut. 
Yeah, yeah. And everyone tries to walk in, he starts having a go at them. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. I'll be there in a minute, I'll be there in a minute! <laughs> what are you knock? <laughs> Quickly puckering the bed sheets over him, start. Yeah. Come on, Emperor! <laughs> got a speech to deliver. I'll be there soon! <laughs> Let me fit, I mean, I've got something to do. Yeah, tough life for a teenage Emperor. Yeah. But yeah, so he's, he's, he's growing up, shall we say. He's starting to give some orders himself. Or if not all <laughs> orders, then at least he wasn't a full-on puppet, yeah. so we get the sense. First rule, never, ever bother me in my room. You have to wait for me to come out. Pain of death. It's, it's a good rule. Yeah. yeah. I'll take my own sheets. <laughs> down to the cleaner. <laughs> Second rule, you do not talk about the sheets. <laughs> so yeah, so he's, um, he's starting to give some orders. Maybe orders like that. Yeah. Um, maybe he's still being advised. Yeah. Yeah. Constance, too, his father, is still alive, just in Sicily. Okay. And then one day, in 667, news reaches the capital. The general of the armies in Anatolia, a man named Saborius, had had enough. He was tired of not getting credit for all the hard work he was doing defending the front line of the empire against the Arabs. Oh, fair enough. You've got to be appreciated. Yeah, exactly. And he also figured, what with Constance, too, living on Sicily, and a, a mere boy on the throne in the capital... You know what? It's a really good time for a nice revolt, he thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could do this emperoring. Looks easy. Yeah, how hard can it be? That boy, all he does is stay in his room all day. Aye. Moaning about sheets. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Saborius, because he's going to march on the capital, he's going to take over and become emperor. But he also realises if he does this, the caliphate, who are really quite close by yeah. now, could come in behind him and just destroy him yeah that's 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 very selfish maneuver yeah it really is so what he does is he sends word to the caliph remember muawiyah yes yes he's now caliph okay and he's set up the capital in nearby damascus so he'd moved the capital and saborius sends a letter to muawiyah saying along the lines of do you want him (laughs) i'm off to become the emperor Fancy helping me. By this time, Constantine IV, in Constantinople, has received word that this revolt's about to happen. Not only that, he also learns that an envoy has been sent to Mawaria by the rebels. Yeah. So, in an attempt to nip the problem in the bud, Constantine found a eunuch called Andrew to go to Damascus and give a counter-offer. Andrew. Andrew. Excellent. How, how are you picturing Andrew? Oh, I don't know, a bit boring. Bowl haircut, brown hair. Yeah, white shirt, pen stain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. Red tie. Red tie, slightly loose. Short sleeve shirt as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, with a tie, oh, that's, that's that's like a sin. Yeah, that's that's Andrew. He's just there. He's in. I mean, he's high up. He's a high up eunuch. Yeah. Um, he he works directly for the emperor. So if he's that he's... high up, then his shirt will like he won't be wearing trousers. So his shirt will just sort of cover maybe down to halfway between his knees and his crotch. Yeah, well, they didn't have trousers back then, so it was just a really long shirt. Yeah, big, thick sandals. With big sandals. And socks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So wear socks. So that's Andrew, yeah? Brown socks. Yeah. Okay. Every time he sits down, he winces slightly like, oh. (laughs) Phantom pain. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... (laughs) So you've got a clear picture of Andrew in your head. Very clear, yeah. Good. Because we actually get quite a bit of detail on Andrew. Oh, brilliant. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, Constantine finds this Andrew and tells him to go to Damascus, talk to the caliph, 
and suggest that the caliph actually work against the rebels and help the emperor out. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, we'll be fighting you for a while, so... Yeah, exactly. Go, go and give a counteroffer. I think Constantine just gave a message to his entire court, who will take this message for me. Yeah. Everyone sort of shuffled around a bit. Andrew wasn't really listening. <laughs> I think maybe he was very keenly. Oh dear. And maybe he's volunteered by somebody who's like, Send Andy! He just says, <clears throat> It's Andrew. <laughs> yes, I, I prefer Andrew. Yeah, whatever. Send Andy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he takes a little notebook out and just writes the name of that guy down. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Andrew's off. He gets on a horse and he rides to Damascus. <laughs> Horseman before he gets on. Alan! Nice guy on the horse. <laughs> name in the book. <laughs> Andrew arrives in the new Islamic capital only to find that Saborius, the rebel general, had beaten him to it. Or rather, his envoy had beaten him to it. Yeah. So Saborius's envoy was called Sergius. So you now have in Damascus Sergius, good strong name, yeah. for the rebels, and Andrew for yeah. the empire. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what follows all comes from Theophanes, the Confessor, one right. of our few sources for this time, and it's generally accepted what Theophanes has to say about things is rubbish. Okay. Uh, but it's totally going in. <laughs> <laughs> this is a totality ranking facts right here. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, th this, this is Historia Augusta again. This oh, is. brilliant. Yeah. Flying unicorns <laughs> on a trail of rainbow flames. We get a surprising amount of detail. For this meeting. Really? Oh, yeah. Right, so, picture the scene. Got it. Muawiya, the caliph of this new emerging empire, yeah. in a brand new capital. Yeah. All the wealth of the new empire pouring in. Yeah. He set up a good display. Yeah, yeah. A lot of gold. Yeah, possibly. Although maybe he's trying to look pious. Doesn't want to look ostentatious. That's true, actually, at the time. So, yeah, yeah, so, but still, whatever he goes for, it looks good. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Then, in front of Moawia, you've already got Sergius sitting. Sergius is already there. Big soldier, massive muscles. Oh, yeah. Scars yeah. on his face. Oh, yeah. Sweat beading off his arms. It looks like his muscles have been waxed. They have been. And it's like the, there's the moisture, like sweat, so it just beads on top. Yeah. In fact, because they're waiting, he is waxing his muscle right oh. now. Yeah. So, Andrew in his sandals and socks walks into this meeting. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> I have an few ideas from the Emperor. Sergius, seeing Andrew, stood up automatically. Six foot eight. Well, Andrew is a eunuch who works directly for the Emperor, so socially, he is actually really high up. Oh, yeah, of course, and yeah. And Sergius, showing his respects stands up for Andrew. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muawiya sees this and turns to Sergius and says, and I quote, What are you afraid of? Sergius replied that he wasn't afraid of anyone. Uh, he, he was just surprised. And kind of plays it down a bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I just stood up. Just respect, you know. Yeah, exactly. Muawiya then turned to Andrew and asked him what he wanted. And I quote here, That you give aid against the rebels. Or in your voice for Andrew. You give aid against the rebels. Moaria paused for a while, and I quote again, But you are both enemies. I will give aid to him who gives me the most. Andrew replied that it was much better to get a little from an emperor than a lot from a rebel, that Moaria was a man of honour, and he should support the rightful ruler of the Romans. 
nice way of saying we ain't got that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that's the, that's like holding. It's like playing poker and holding like a two, yeah. a nine, a three, a seven. And a happy family card. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, you just know that hand's not going to go well. No. But Wawia, however, said he'd think about it and sent them away. They'd meet on the following day. Hmm. <laughs> and Sergius puts away his five aces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> however, before the meeting the next day, Mawawia called on Sergius and told him that if he ever wanted to win this rebellion, he could not go rising for the messengers of the emperor. You need to be made of sterner stuff from this. You're meant to be rebelling. Stop getting up in signs of yeah. respect. You're six for eight, man. Yeah. <laughs> you weigh 500 pounds. Like, get some backbone. What is wrong with you? Your sword's bigger than you. You have nothing to fear. <laughs> Anyway, the next day, the meeting was set up again. Right. Once more, Mawaria and Sergius were already in the room when Andrew entered. This time... Hello! Sergius stayed in his seat. Oh, all right. Andrew was outraged and started cursing Sergius for his insolence. You nincompoop! Probably got his book out and wrote Sergius' oh, name now. I'm going to put your name twice! <laughs> Underlined! <laughs> In fact... Thrice! <laughs> I will quote, If I live, I promise to show you who I am! Oh, that's, that's not... That's very pessimistic, isn't it? If I live this encounter, I, <laughs> I will show you who I am! Yeah, Sergius replied, I will not rise for you. For you are neither a man or a woman. Ma making making fun of, dick, of yeah. his uh, eunuch status there. The pain he went through. I know. Crushing. Crushing, oh, Jamie. It was. <laughs> anyway, Mawaria interrupted this uh, disagreement and asked Andrew whether he could meet Sergius's price. Andrew asked what that price was. Mawaria replied, the entire public revenue. That's, that's money. That's everything. <laughs> that's their entire income for the entire empire. So that'd be all the stuff that's paid, isn't it? Yeah. It, well, tax. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's everything. Wow. Yeah. I don't know whether this was for a set period of time, so the entire revenue for a year. That's stupid. Because uh, that, that put the empire in a, in a massive decline, which means the caliphate would no longer... That's not sustainable. Yeah, so there must have been a time limit on this. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Andrew's just going to say, that's a ridiculous offer. Well, Andrew was shocked. And I will quote here, and I, I like this quote, it probably is just a translation, but it seems quite <laughs> modern. He just replied, good heavens, Mawawia. <laughs> good God. <laughs> you advise me to give up the body and keep the shadow, which I quite like. That's nice. Highly poetic. Yeah. As you, said that. as you please, line up with Sergius, for I will not pay this. Besides, for God's sake, we will neglect you and take refuge and put our hopes in God, since he is more able than you to protect the Romans. Ooh. And then, with an I quote here, a take care, he spun and left. Well, tell you who! <laughs> yeah, he really does come across like that, doesn't he? <laughs> and spun around twice. Yeah. But over span, but thought, oh, I should keep going because I yeah. made a big mistake there. Walked out, went through the wrong flap in the tent, got caught in the tent for a bit, notebook falls down, trips over, knocks into a table, knocks a glass over, yeah. tries to stand up. Shakes his fists at the beads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just... Good just, day, sir. <laughs> and then just leaps. Yeah. 
Anyway, he's furious. He is flipping furious, is Andrew. He's raging. He is. He was so, so angry, he didn't even put his socks on before his sandals before he left. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, he didn't put his socks over his sandals, did he? He probably did. That's how enraged wow. he was. And out of Damascus, he went, headed back to inform Constantine IV what had happened. However, on the way, he visited a regiment of soldiers who would remain loyal and just asked them, just watch the pass from Damascus, could you? Just just see if a man comes this way. Mm. He's really tall, oiled muscles, you can't miss yeah. him. Covered in wax. Yeah. Anyway, he gets back to the capital and he updates Constantine IV. Constantine IV's reaction is not recorded. We don't know how he reacts to this, unfortunately, but probably not best pleased. Stop knocking on the door! <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'll be there soon! <laughs> Just finishing off something. Eventually he managed to, to get through to Constantine IV, what mm. happened, maybe just slid an open the door or something. <laughs> um, but it was not long until Andrew had some good news. He was probably in his office, literally counting beans, Nice. when the news came through. Two, four, six... Oh, I've lost count. One, two... <laughs> Knock on the door. Sir! We have him. We have captured Sergius. Oh, wonderful. So Andrew goes to meet Sergius. <laughs> with a slightly scary grin on <clears throat> his face and a strange glint in his eye. Yeah. And apparently captivity had been rough for Sergius because... When Sergius was shown to Andrew, Sergius threw him at Andrew's feet and started to beg. Aww. Andrew listened until Sergius ran out of words and then calmly replied, and I quote, You are Sergius, who was so proud of his genitals in front of Mawaria, and you called me effeminate. Well, now your genitals are not good to you at all, and will even be your death. And then Sergius was castrated and put on a pole until he bled to death. Like, by put on a pole, you mean Vlad the Impaler style? Hard to tell. He was either strung up on a pole just to bleed, or he was full-on impaled. With that that glinty look in Andrew's eye, I'm, I'm going to go for impaled. He must have been drawing diagrams on the way back. Yeah, Andrew just very slowly and methodically just crossed off. Sergius's name <laughs> in his book. Nice. And as he walked back into the city, that guy who won't give him the horse quick enough. And called him Alan. Yeah. It's just looking really scared. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> However, despite this, obviously Sergius isn't in charge of the rebels. He was just the envoy. You've still got Saborius around. And he is in charge of the rebels. And he's still planning to rebel. Now that he's got the backing of Mawawia... He launches his attack. He manages to take most of Anatolia, so modern-day Turkey, and was waiting for the Arab reinforcements that Muawiya had promised him. <laughs> Meanwhile, loyal forces raised by Constantine IV were heading for the city that Saborius had taken. Yeah. And then, possibly the best end to a battle that has ever happened... Really? ...happened. What? This is just brilliant. Dragons. Better. <gasps> Because as Saborius was readying his men for battle, he was riding up and down in front of his troops. Like King Ferdinand style. Oh yeah, full on speech mode. He doesn't hitting say their, that, but I'm their, saying it. Yeah. Hitting their spears, yeah. knocking the ends off. Yeah, yeah. Them looking quite annoyed. So yeah, he's there. It's full on death speech. Yeah. We will take yeah. the city. He was perhaps, however, overly enthusiastic about leading his men and kind of whipped his horse up into a frenzy 
the horse oh. bolted oh. straight into the city gates. Oh, oh, the closed gates were open gates. The closed gates. Oh, oh. Saborius flew off the horse straight into the gates and hit his head so hard it killed him instantly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, that big train sketch. I'd, I'd love, yes, it is. I'd love to think he literally screamed, Charge! 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 Oh, I'm just standing there like a mile back. What the hell? Is he? I think he's dead. He's twitching. No, he's dead. Oh. So, so what do we do now? Call it off. Should, should we go home? I think we should. I miss my <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah. Without a leader, the army fell apart very quickly. So there you go. The rebel army was put down. By a door. By a door. <laughs> this, however, did leave the Arab forces in the area that were coming to reinforce. They'd not quite got there yet, but they were close by. Yeah. They needed to be put down. So Constantine IV was asked what to do about it. Leave me alone! <laughs> Send Andrew! Andrew will sort it! So Andrew went out. Just after he finished crossing off Saborius' name from his list. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and welcoming his pet horse back. It's stable. Yeah, yeah. Crazy Jim. <laughs> Andrew heads off in midwinter. Heavy snow on the ground. No one's expecting any movement of troops. Andrew and his men use stakes to climb the walls of the city that the Arabs have taken. Andrew? Andrew. Wow. He's there, his tie's tied around his head, <laughs> Rambo style. He's just using these spikes, not even spikes. Pens. The sh- <laughs> yes, they're just big biros, <laughs> just climbing up the wall. The rest of his men are on the ground looking really confused. Yeah, what's he doing? Andrew goes over the wall as a few thuds, a couple of groans. <laughs> The door's open. There's Andrew. You <laughs> just see fallen soldiers with big pens <laughs> sticking out of their foreheads. <laughs> 5,000 men were slaughtered. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of pens. Moral of this story, never underestimate a eunuch. No. Never underestimate a man named Andrew. Oh, no. And certainly never underestimate a eunuch named Andrew. Oh. Yeah. Now, like I say, all this comes from Theothanes, part oh, yeah. of the big bio part, which <laughs> yeah. comes from us. Yeah. Uh, so perhaps this is not hugely reliable, but broad brushstrokes, there was a rebellion and it got put down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's always nice when a bit of detail's thrown in. That's quite nice. I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. That that was a short rebellion, and we will spend far more on that than the entire rule of Constantine IV. Uh-oh. Yeah, because uh, apart from that, the sources die down again. Uh, shortly after all this, so um, Constantine's around 18, but he's still in his bedroom, Terrible news reaches him. His father had been soap-dished to death. Oh. Yeah. The immediate reaction is not recorded clearly, but it would appear that Constantine immediately raised some troops, got on a fleet of boats, sailed off to Sicily, murdered the assassin, and put down a rebellion there. Wow, that's yeah. pretty Rambo-y. We, we don't have much detail. Andrew must have been in I was just thinking There's that, There's no yeah. way Andrew wasn't there. <laughs> Ties still around his head. One of the few details we do have about this is apparently when Constantine left, he was clean-shaven. When he returned, he had a full-on beard. Oh. So it was when he was in Sicily, he hit puberty, clearly, in that one day. <laughs> well, he also hadn't been in his bedroom for quite a while. Well, exactly. It doesn't make the hair grow. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or that so... built up testosterone. <laughs> it grew like inches every day. I'd like to think that it was in the bathhouse in Sicily. Andrew had literally just slit the throat of the assassin using his biro. <laughs> and uh, Constantine was there watching and he just instantly grew a beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a man now. I'm a man. I've watched some horrendous violence. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Now imagine Constantine as a man with a beard. Because that's what he's got. Oh, you won't tell me how big his beard is that, will you? Is it just like a... Like a... I don't want you to be disappointed later, so I'll give it away. It's, it's right. not... A... It's not his father's beard. No. It's really not. But he couldn't get Although it. this is the Constantine that got the nickname Constantine the Bearded. What? Which should have been applied to his father. There's been a mix-up in the records and history. Oh, must have been. So, yeah, he, he gets his father's nickname. Actually, it is after his death that Jeff becomes the keeper of the records. Exactly. So that it, explains it. It does explain. And while we know nothing about his reign. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> anyway, Constantine goes back to Constantinople. He is now the emperor. He has put down two rebellions already. However, within a year, internal politics was fractured enough that the army based in Asia Minor marched on the capital, demanding that Constantine crown his two brothers co-emperor. Constantine asked, well, why? Why should I do this? I was just thinking that. The answer was, get this, and just picture the the soldiers kind of turning to each other with a look of, why? Why should he do that? Uh, Quick, quick, think of something. I've got it, I've got it, right? Heaven is ruled by the Holy Trinity, yeah, yeah. So Earth should also be ruled by three rulers, yeah? All the rest of the soldiers stare at him and go, what? Is that the best you could do? You idiot. <laughs> Throw in this for us. <laughs> yeah, bit of a pause. But then Constantine goes, okay, I see your point. And he invited the leaders... <laughs> Logical. Yeah, he invited the leaders of the army to come and talk through the details. <laughs> The leaders what? of the army walk into the palace. They're there. It's all they organise. There's, like, paper put out. Or oh, Andrew. Place cards. And uh, Andrew in the corner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sir, Andrew's not wearing his tie the correct way. That's that's war, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew the Maleficent. Well, Constantine sat at the head of the table and... Uh, said, OK, I've considered your idea, but I've thought of a separate plan. How about... I kill all of you right now and not do that. Um, <laughs> It's probably be a, a bit of back and forth then. Do you think we could really yeah. consider the first option, sir? <laughs> so I'm not a fan of the second option. Sort of brainstorm. Maybe compromise yeah. somehow. Uh, no, no, I like my idea best, said Constantine. So uh, the leaders of the army were executed. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it says they were hanged. Um, I'm going to say Andrew killed them, though. One big pen. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> just flew from the corner of the... <laughs> through three heads. <laughs> yeah, straight through. Uh, the bodies were hung up on gibbets, or Ugh. gibbets, depending on how you want to say that, yeah. uh, in the suburbs of the city, as a, as a warning to anyone who might want to suggest any anything like joint rule again. Good, good message. Yeah. Then... Constantine turned to his brothers. Oh. Oh. Did did you know anything about this, little brothers? About what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't knock on my door! What am I saying? Friends in the family, it's terrible. This is going to end one of two ways. Either he has his brothers executed and just cut up into little bits, 
or he decide he realizes they had nothing on it and he actually thinks it's a good idea. Um, actually, you both wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have no idea whether the brothers were involved or not. Uh, but Constantine was taking no chances. So as was becoming increasingly common in this day and age, the princes had their noses cut off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about that? Yeah, they're all into their nose cutting off in this time. So again, this is a sign that they were unfit to rule. After all, how could a man keep an empire safe if he could not even keep his own nose safe? Good point. Yeah, that's what I'd think if I saw a noseless man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not trusting you with my bank details. (laughs) So, now he had his internal politics sorted, Constantine looked around the wider empire. What do I need to do here? Now, it turned out that Muawiyah had not decided just to let things slide, unfortunately, uh, and he continued his raids into Asia Minor, trying to expand the caliphate even more. Now, just as we've seen before, this must have seemed like a, a slow but inevitable wave. Yeah. You know, the caliphate just keeps expanding and expanding, and nothing seems to be able to stop it. One by one, cities in Anatolia fell, as did islands in the Mediterranean. It was just non-stop expansion of the caliphate, and, yeah. and the Romans really had no answer to this. Also, Carthage was attacked in 669. Ooh. Yeah, as was Sicily. So uh, things are not looking good. And then a year later, there was a huge blow for the empire, a city just across the Bosphorus from Constantinople, only 50 miles away, so really close, was taken by the caliphate. This was a spitting distance from the capital and a perfect place to launch attacks from. And sure enough, they came. From here, the caliphate continued to take city after city, town after town in the area, but everyone knew where this was heading. The Arabs were planning a major siege of Constantinople. This was going to be the fall of the empire. Oh. Yeah. This, nah, this is... Another, what, this, 600 years to go, yeah? This is Ham's Deep time, this is. Oh. This is last stand kind of stuff. On the light of the third day, look to the east. With an increasingly effective navy, it soon became clear that this wouldn't just be a normal siege of Constantinople, but it would be a siege on land and sea. See, that's sort of fact they've not really had before, have they? Exactly. They, they trust their land walls. They've got damn good walls. They're big walls. But with big spaces in between. Their sea defences have never really been tested. Well, it's a big cliff. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah, I mean, it should hold, but it's never really been tested. You can't knock down a cliff, do they? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> now, both sides did what they could to build up their forces over a period of years. Uh... But it was a desperate few years for the city. They were just waiting for this hammer blow to fall, and they were seriously unsure whether they could take the blow. Finally, in 674, sails were spotted from the towers in the city. The Grand Muslim Fleet, led by a man named Abdul Rahman, was heading straight for them. The ships carried huge siege engines and catapults that started to bombard the city walls. Meanwhile, men landed south of the city and attempted to attack by land. Fighting was fierce, apparently starting early in the morning, going on until the evening, and then continuing the next day. Fighting continued for weeks on end. It was hard going. That's quite morale sapping, isn't it? Oh, it was. I mean, on land, the walls were holding strong. However... The superior caliphate fleet dominated the water. That is, until one Roman ship pulled up close to a caliphate ship. The men on the Muslim boat watched, curious, as the (laughs) Romans pulled out a strange device. It was some kind of 
tube attached to a weird sort of pump-looking mechanism. Oh, dear. There was a rather intense-looking man with a bowl of haircuts. Just holding a pen. Holding a pen, making notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Bit odd. So the sailors on the Caliphate ship were probably curious by now, were probably watching intently. What on earth are they up to? And then an order was given on the Roman ship, and then all hell was let loose. Because Constantine had not been idle, or at least his advisors and scholars and historians had not been idle, <laughs> because in preparing for a siege from sea that they knew they could lose, it would appear that someone opened up a history book for inspiration. Oh, is this the fiery, liquidy stuff from oh, Greek times? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And this time it's for real. Oh, yeah, they had found an earlier example of the city being attacked by sea, a civil war that was broken out under Anastasius. And how had he defended the city, they wondered. Well, it wasn't really clear, but he'd used fire somehow, and it was thrown from the ships. <laughs> the first three days to try throwing matches. <laughs> yes. Didn't work. It's not working. So they get to work. We don't have any details, so we have no idea whether this was a rediscovery, something brand new, something that was known about but wasn't used because it was impractical, but a breakthrough occurred. Mm. But something happened, though, because all of a sudden, the Romans had ships that were fully rigged to shoot out a liquid that, once ignited, would float on water. Not only that... That's oil. Yeah, but not only that, <laughs> water couldn't douse it whatsoever. In fact, some reports say that water ignited it. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's, it must, yeah, it must be some sort of oil-based things. Because you know, like, if, if you get... Because they always say that when you... If, if you burn oil in your kitchen, you, 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 burn, you burn it. When you cook oil in your kitchen, if you get to a too high temperature, it'll set fire. And you it's don't like pour water on it. Because it goes... Yes, it's true. And oil floats, so... Well, yeah, it will be something like that. Um, That's amazing. Well, it's it's known as Greek fire or liquid yeah. fire. Burny, burny hot stuff. Yes, or just ah <laughs> to its enemies. Ah, my eyebrows. Yeah. Not only could it be squirted from ships, but you could also fill pots with the stuff and throw them as grenades. Yeah, I think the squirting from ships was Constantine IV's <laughs> yeah. contribution to the project. In the war meeting, what can we do? I've been thinking of squirting things out of hoses. Oh, have you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> That's new. <laughs> unexpected. And then Andrew just looks up and goes, no, no, I think he's on to something. <laughs> twitch, twitch. Oh. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, the Romans have flamethrowers and hand grenades. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of gave them the edge. Yeah, yeah. Constantine, realising the importance of this new super weapon, made sure its creation was a tightly held secret. The production was compartmentalised. No one oh. did everything. You just had people working on various parts of the process. So no one knew fully how this was That's made. That's genius. Yeah. It's like Coca-Cola. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> In fact, the secret was so carefully guarded, we don't know how it was made today. Most think it was petroleum-based, similar mm. to napalm. Mm. Now, I, I must say, personally, though, I, I read this so carefully guarded, we don't know what it is today kind of sentiment in a lot of books. But then I also think, well, hang on, we know next to nothing of this time period anyway. Yeah. It's not that hard to keep a secret yes, from true. this time period. So they, if they probably actually handed out flyers in the city of how <laughs> yeah. it was made. We make, still wouldn't Make know. your own Greek fire, lads. Come on. Yeah. With the war effort sort of thing. Anyway, this new weapon 
which will be around for a while and be giving the Romans an edge for a while. Nice. To the point we will see personal flamethrowers on soldiers. Really? It's not yet. Wait for it, though. That's very exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Andrew. <laughs> Just there, scribbling doodles in his book. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> as, and as he's doing the little scribble, just the, the, the screams in his ears, he's very really big <laughs> smile on his face. Oh, it burns! Oh, yes. You mocked me then. I mock you now. You will burn. Burn into a crisp. As I was saying, this new weapon was enough to swing the balance of power to the Romans, and the siege was pushed back. The Caliphate army... Furious at this abrupt end to their expansion, called back to Damascus for reinforcements. They retreated to the city that was nearby, and winter passed, both sides licking their wounds. Then spring came along, and the siege was back on. Once again, fighting was fierce and lasted all summer, but again, with the aid of the Greek fire and the walls, Constantinople howled. Again, the caliphate were forced to retreat for winter. The same happened the next year, and the next. Oh, that's like four years worth of fighting. And then the next. Wow. Yeah, five years. Oh my goodness. The most intense attempt yet to take the city finally broke entirely as the Muslim forces accepted defeat and turned back for home. Wow. They just could not crack the city. Muawiyah was having problems himself back in Damascus with Christian rebels in his newly acquired land. So he needed his forces. So he had to recall his armies and accept defeat. Of course, yeah. So Constantinople for now was safe and the city rejoiced. Someone suggested fireworks. Jeff said, oh, we've got lots of this flamey stuff. (laughs) No, Jeff! (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Envoys were then sent forth to Damascus and talks began. In the end, a deal was made that just a few years before would have seemed unbelievable. Muawiyah would give back a number of the recently conquered islands and cities in Anatolia and then also pay the Romans 50 slaves, 50 horses, and £3,000 of gold a year. Wow. So the caliphate are actually paying Rome. That's a... I'd consider that a loss. What, for the caliphate? Yeah. Yeah, and a win for the Romans. Yeah. Yeah, so the Romans win this one. Brilliant. Well done, Constantine. And also, the fact that within a year, news came through of Muawiyah's death must have uh, put a smile on Constantine's face as well. <laughs> So you just overplay like, oh, no, that's really sad. (laughs) Really, really, really sad. Such a shame. Anyway. Constantine himself, very popular now, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so popular, in fact, that the king of the Avars turned up. Hello, sir. (laughs) Hello. Got some wings for you, sir. (laughs) Finest feather is possible. Yeah, it came flapping through the door uh, ju- just <laughs> just to say thank you and offer a tribute. That's nice. Yeah, because... It's a minute. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the Avars realised that if the Romans fouled, then the Avars would not be able to hold the caliphate oh, back. Good. So they came along. The Lombards turned up as that's well. There's funny about them. <laughs> no, but still, they turned up and yeah. uh, said thank you as well. Hello, if we you. can believe the stories, the Franks... Also turned up to say. Ah, bonjour, monsieur. Yeah, they're, they're getting quite French by this point. You you killed our previous emperor Maurice, but we forgive you completely. Yeah, um, the Visigoths possibly turned up. They're in Spain at the moment. Yeah, and uh, possibly even the Anglo-Saxons from Britannia. What? <laughs> Bloody hell, it's hot here. 
<laughs> Look at the size of those walls. Bloody hell. <laughs> we'll never get through that. I, I said to him, we'll never get through that. And he said, you're right, Frank, you're right. And I said, you're, you're damn right. Want to get a point? The fact that you are English and your English accent is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> London accent, it's not a real accent. I genuinely think your French one was better. <laughs> yeah, it's quite depressing, really. <laughs> so anyway, celebrations all around, as you can imagine. And with the threat from the caliphate out of the way, Constantine could then turn his attentions to another problem. The Slavs and the Bulgars. They're still hanging around. The Slavs are half-settled, half-raiding in the Balkan region at this time. The Bulgars were increasing in numbers to the north, of Constantinople over the Danube, so mm. a little way away, but they're causing some problems on the on the coast of the Black Sea. So he's got a bit of spare time. Constantine thinks, let's go and sort it out. Yeah. Now, as I've said a few times, we have few details in this time, so we don't know much about the campaign, apart from the fact in 680, the emperor personally led troops up the Bosphorus into the Black Sea and towards the mouth of the Danube. Nice. Once there, he figured that he could push back the Bulgars easily enough. It shouldn't be a problem. However, misfortune struck when Constantine became a bit gouty. Oh, her gout's really bad. Gout is really bad, and he was in a lot of pain. So he retreated to a nearby city that had some warm baths that he could go and relax in and uh, yeah. relieve his pain. Maybe a room he could sit in for a while and close yeah. the door. Just just <laughs> something to relax. Wear the stress away. Exactly. <laughs> so, so he'd retreated back to this town, which really shouldn't be a problem. But unfortunately, for reasons lost to time, this led to a rumour that the emperor thought that they were all going to die and was running away. So the emperor's there saying, don't worry, lads, I'll be back in a couple of days, just going to... Um, Clean the old pipes. <laughs> de-stress. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm off to do. And off he rode, and one, one person turned to him and went, what? What's he talking about? We're all going to die! <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Panic swept through the army. Men start to retreat, and then start to flee. Discipline falls apart completely. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> now, again, we have few details, so we don't know how accurate this is, but this is uh, this is what we're told. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Bulgars, like, I'd like to think just on a hill nearby, watching, <laughs> just couldn't believe what they, they what? were seeing. So they were coming to... They were going to slaughter us, I was sure of it, but no, they are running away, aren't they? Brilliant. <laughs> wow. Come on, let's let's get them. So the Bulgars sweep down and just start chopping up the Roman soldiers. Which reinforces their fear. Yeah, exactly. The Bulgars, feeling confident, crossed the Danube into the Moesia area, captured and killed all they could find, looked around and thought, you know what, this land's quite nice, this is. Perhaps we should stay here. Or what should we call it, said one Bulgar. How about Bulgaria, said another. And the other one went, it was pronounced a bit weirdly. This is the start of what would become Bulgaria. That's amazing. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there were some people living there. I mean, there were seven Slavic tribes that were living there at yeah, the time. Yeah, screw that. But <laughs> that's what the Bulgars thought. They just swept them to the side. Uh, yeah. Yeah, bye. But, and then they quickly penned a letter to the emperor. Dear emperor, hope your gout's okay and you've cleared the pipes. <laughs> um, we were just thinking, since we're here, uh, why don't you pay us lots of cash? And uh, we'll protect the Danube region for you. Wink, wink. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, you can't stop us being here, so you might as well um, let us defend the area. It's not like you could. Who's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a... Yeah, the, Constantine was humiliated, but there was nothing he could do but pay up. I think he was really regretting that 
personal time. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. Emperor's prerogative. <laughs> we'll call it. Executive time. <laughs> Still, there's one more thing that demanded his attention, and that obviously is the church. Because obviously emperors always need to deal with the church in this day and age. Stick their oar in and mix everything up. The whole single will thing that his great-grandfather had started was yet again rearing its head. Constantine decided, get this, that it was time to clear all this mess up once and for all. Original, <laughs> yeah. groundbreaking. I think he'll go far. Yeah. Well, uh, he he doesn't go half measures. Really? Oh no. He calls the sixth ecumenical council. Sixth. Sixth. Now you might be forgetting the others, and yeah. because the whole church history in Rome is very complex, and uh, it's been going on for a while, I'm going to give you a quick recap here. Thank you. Yeah. Th- this is an incredibly simplified rundown of the ecumenical councils and when pontifax gets to this they can do it in more detail for us right the empire became christian during constantine the great's rule to simplify things constantine the great called the first ecumenical council the first universal council yeah yeah the council of nicaea in 325 this was the one with father christmas and the easter bunny and the problem with the arians yes yeah Arius claimed that Christ was lesser than God. He got shut down. The result was Christ and God co-substantial. We all agree, Christ, God, the same. Yeah? But not the same person. No, but they're the same. Same same ranking. Yeah, but they're also the same. But got what? Don't question. Right. (laughs) Don't question it. I'm not. No, they're co-substantial, all right? Okay. Yeah? Right. Just say yes. Okay. That'll do. And that's how the council went. <laughs> that's nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the guards at the side <laughs> yeah. agree. Then the second council was in Constantinople itself. This was in 381, called by Theodosius. This reinforced the fact that Arianism is definitely bad, guys. Seriously, now. Cut it out. It also established that Constantinople was more important than Alexandria and Antioch, because that was important to get down in writing. That's where we live. The third council was in Ephesus. This is in 431, so we're now over 100 years from the first council. Nestorianism was the name of the game for this one. The patriarch of Constantinople was Nestorius, and he did not like Mary being called the mother of God, as Christ had humanity, obviously. So it should be the mother of Christ. He has humanity, not the mother of God. But if God and Christ are the same... Exactly. Yeah, so there was... Debate. There was debates and people weren't happy. Actual politics behind this is Alexandria and Rome did not like the fact that Constantinople was uh, taking so much of the church's power, so they worked together to take Constantinople down a peg or two. So that's what's going on. Result of this one, Nestorianism, not good. No. We're going to call Mary Mother of God, all right? So deal with it. Okay. Next up, the fourth council, Chalcedon. This is the big one. The Council of Chalcedon. This is the one that's been impacting our story for quite some time. Marcion called this one in 451. Alexandria had been pushing monophysitism. Yes. Yes, this is the rise of the monophysites. Christ had one nature, mono. And everyone's like, what does that mean? What's he smoking? Can I have some? I'm hungry. I don't understand, but I don't like it. (laughs) It sounds different. (laughs) Rome and Constantinople worked together to condemn this. 
If you remember, Leo the Pope could not attend at the time because yeah. he was busy being attacked by Attila the Hun and having to go and talk to Attila. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he sent um, his his notes basically, and yeah. everyone tried to decipher it. Uh, it was decided Monophysites bad, definitely. And then all the chaos with the Monophysite starts, which yeah. we're still seeing 200 odd years later. Then Justinian, called the Fifth Council, this was an attempt to reconcile the Orthodox and the Monophysites, because by this point there was a huge East-West split with the two groups. Yeah. But ultimately, it simply didn't work. And then more recently, not an ecumenical council, but it's more recent so it impacts, Heraclius, without calling council, decided to reconcile the Orthodox right. and the Monophysites with this single will compromise. Right. Jesus had a single will. That's fine, isn't it? What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> as we've seen over the last couple of episodes, this just led to even more infighting, which was particularly frustrating because most of the Monophysites in the Empire were no longer in the Empire because of the Muslim expansion. Mm. So there were hardly any Monophysites left. No. So why, what are we doing pandering to the Monophysites anymore? was the thought of most people. And most recently, last week, Constance too decided on a radical approach, which was, no one's going to talk about this anymore. Everyone shut up now, please. Shh. Yeah. But how about shh? And then he exiled the Pope to death. Oh, yes, that's yeah. true. This obviously didn't work. So anyway, no. catching up to Constantine here, his time to solve the issue, he's going to call the sixth ecumenical council. In 678, he wrote to the Pope, and it was agreed, yep, let's do this. My place or yours. It was decided Constantinople would be the place, and in 680, 174 delegates poured into the city, each with their own expansive retinue, processions and all sorts. In particular, the Italian bishops were received to great fanfare. I mean, these were bishops from Rome and Ravenna, the, true, the yeah. great ancient cities. On the history. Yes. But bishops from far and wide were coming, not just from within the empire. Don't forget, okay. most of the forming kingdoms from the collapsed west were Christian as well. That's true. Yeah. So bishops from there were coming along. Um, apparently, Thomas from Canterbury was due to go, uh, but he couldn't make it. We don't know why. Ah, oh, it's going to be some sort of silly thing. I'd like to think he, he reached Paris, realised he'd left the oven on. Oh. Had to go back. Always the same. It's Always the same. Always happens. Just Thomas from Canterbury just sounds so medieval, though, to me. Uh, yeah, we're really hitting that time now, aren't we? <laughs> we're starting to get there, yeah. Oh, he was Andrew's friend. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. So anyway, finally, in November, enough bishops had arrived for the meetings to start in the palace. And for the next ten months, leaders of the church met and ironed things out. Ten months. Ten months. Constantine attended a lot himself, but remained impartial. He was just watching what was going like on. Like a referee. Yeah, just in case Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny went at it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's likely. They had different, like, they're opposite sides now. Yeah, saying. well, by this point, Father Christmas was full-on orthodox, and uh, the Easter Bunny had embraced monophysitism. Oh, dear. Yeah, so, I mean, they're still, they're still annoyed with each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's clear the single will doctrine had next to no support, and it was going to be condemned. However, one supporter of the single will, desperate to prove his beliefs, offered to perform a miracle to show everyone that the single will was the truth. Yeah, go on then. Yeah. What I, are you going to do? I really hope the reaction was, after he stood up and said, I will perform a miracle to prove this to you, everyone just kind of looked at each other, and there was just a, yeah, yeah go on, man. Yeah, a we'd miracle, love to say. say. 
Yeah, go on, man. This would be good. Hey, look, look at this. He's got a yeah. little miracle. Turn this glass of water into a woman. <laughs> that really awkward part where people start to, to laugh slightly and then someone turns around and says, what, you don't believe in miracles? Oh, oh no, no, of course I believe in miracles. It's just... I don't believe Simon over there is going to do one. <laughs> anyway, this man, let's call him Simon. Uh, Simon arranged for a dead body to be brought to an open square just outside the palace. And he claimed he could raise the corpse. It's like a riddle, is it? Like, you know, just lifted up on a bit of plank of wood or something, is it? No, this is full-on necromancy, raising okay. the dead. See, if I was in the audience, I'd really want to make sure it's dead. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, let me just check the body. Yeah. I bring my knife with me. Let's just uh, slit this here. The corpse on the floor suddenly gets up. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Green paint flake off his face. <laughs> no, it was definitely a dead body. They checked and everything. Did the mirror they test. C- they poked <laughs> it. Yeah. Cut out the intestines. Yeah, definitely. Move the heart, yeah. that's all. Anyway, hush descended on the crowd. Simon kneeled down next to the body, kept whispering into the ear of this corpse. To begin with, it seemed like nothing was happening. But after a while, a sound began. Oh yeah. It was a mixture of sniggering and booing from the crowd. Of course it was. <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah. get up now. No, Susie, get up quick. Get up, get up. Come on. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Come on, Jeff, get up. They're Jeff. laughing. Jeff! Jeff! Oh, God, Jeff, you actually killed yourself, didn't you? You I idiot. said, look, dead. Look, oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the man was laughed off stage. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the single will doctrine was condemned. Yeah. So there you go. That was the result of the sixth ecumenical council. <laughs> It was decided, no single will. <laughs> Basically a variety show is what it was. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and also, because we need to clear things up, obviously, it was decided, and everyone take a note of this, get your pencils out. Andrew, pass out some biros. Not like that! <laughs> <laughs> right, everyone, everyone ready? Okay, write this down. Christ has, yeah, two separate wills. Two separate wills. And two, not one, two natural energies. Without division, alteration, separation, or, and this one's important, confusion. Excuse me? Yes? How many wills does he have? Two. Two wills. That last word was no confusion. That means you're not allowed to ask any questions, all right? There's no confusion. It's doctrine now. What's the other two things? No confusion. No confusion. And there you go. That was the end of the council. Nice. I like it. I do love that. Just hammering (laughs) home the two two separate wills. Two energies. They're completely the same and you can't separate them. You can't distinguish them. There's no confusion over this, but there's definitely two. Is essentially what was said. What are energies? No. <laughs> it must have meant something to them at the time. Okay. Maybe Pontifax can sort all this out for us. They, they better. They better. They, otherwise, we are we are going to war with them. Yes. Anyway, the end of the council was met mostly with very good cheer, and Constantine himself did very well out of it, yeah. being hailed as the second Constantine the Great, the light of the Where's world. The yeah, no, it's just confusing, isn't yeah. it? The light of the world, the new Marcion, because Marcion had condemned monophysites to begin with in his ecumenical council. So lots of praise. And then he died. What? Yeah, we have no idea how. He just died shortly after the council. That's that's a bit of a sudden. Possibly dysentery. Ooh. ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the hose again. Ooh, the hose. Yeah. It's like a hose. 
Apparently, people are going to lose like a liter an hour of body wow. fluid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty gruesome. That does sound gruesome. Maybe we should next time we have a really short emperor to have a dysentery. Uh, a dysentery a hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See if we can lose a liter whilst we're doing it. Right. <laughs> we should catch it and then like feedback on what it was like. Yes. Let's do that on on the ground. We need antibiotics and take ten days to recover. I know that. Or we could just take incredibly strong laxatives before we record. And then... Last man standing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or sitting. You see, we hit episode 100 and it's just all downhill now, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And and you're, like, high on Lemsips. (laughs) I am high on Lemsip. I definitely am. Riding the Lemsip wave. Anyway. (laughs) Let's rate him, shall we? Yeah. Fightius Maximus. Okay, well, he fought back Moawia and he won. Mm. That siege of five years, which unfortunately we have very few details on because I bet it was fascinating. Uh, But it was a five-year siege and they won. They not only pushed back the caliphate, they got back land which they'd previously lost. So that's pretty good. So that seems to me, it wasn't just that we saw them out, we pushed back as well. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that could be. And also, he created Greek fire to do it. A weapon, as I've said, will give the Romans uh, an advantage for quite some time to come. But yeah, the whole Greek fire thing's pretty cool. Mm. And he did that. I, we don't have any details. There is um, there is one report that it was literally just a man turned up into the capital and just said, look, I've got this invention, uh, which sounds cool. But it's probably more likely slowly developed over time with various yeah. breakthroughs. And this was the first time we really see it come to the fore. We tried it. It's like we've got some we've got some old tins of petrol here from our cars that we abandoned years ago. Yeah. <laughs> we've got diesel or unleaded. What do you want to go for? Yeah. So I mean, you've got a new super weapon. Which is think, really cool. Do you think someone invented it as like a farming method? A like way to clear land. Yeah. So this clears land so well, helps re- regenerate the land, the earth, it you know, burns things down, recarbonates the earth. It's you know, it's yeah. wonderful. And that man finished his meeting and uh looked at Andrew opposite him. So oh. so are you impressed? Yes. Oh yes. Yes I am. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Good for farming, you say. Can it farm souls? <laughs> creepy as... Andrew is creepy. Yes, you don't want to mess with him. Weirdo. You don't want to call him effeminate. Or Alan. <laughs> <laughs> or Alan. <laughs> anyway, we're getting distracted. <laughs> oh, we apologise for this episode. <laughs> yeah, Phytius Maximus, that's what we're doing. So yeah, he, he, he fought back the caliphate, which yeah. is really good. But really then is. he lost against the Bulgars. Which really were less of a problem. He should have been able to defeat that, but he had to go and have some executive time, and his army <laughs> fell apart. So, good and bad. Mm. Uh, I think it's mostly positive, though. The fact he, you know, the caliphate just sweeping through the world, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He held them off. It was a very... And imp- pushed them back. It was a very important siege to win. I mean, if they'd lost that, that is it. That is the end of the Roman Empire. So, at this point, it's on a pivot. Yeah. And he's... And many historians have speculated, had the caliphate taken Constantinople, nothing would have stopped them sweeping through Europe. No. Yeah. Christianity potentially would have dwindled. Uh, it would be a very different world today. So you could argue Constantine IV shaped the modern world. It, it's it, Yeah, it's, it's a like you say, it's a pivotal point in history. It's just a shame there's so little information. Yeah, That was yeah. amazing. 
But it is only one siege, so I don't. Yeah, but it's him... a five-year siege. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long one. I'll give you that. It's not like a day siege. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big siege, uh, which he did manage to win with Greek fire. But then he and pushed just... back as well. He pushed back the unpushed backable. It's just embarrassing with the Bulgars, though, isn't it? But again, there might be decent. He, he might have let them settle. He might have gone. Yeah, have this area. You can defend it. You, you, you don't know. I don't know. I can't go too high. I'm, I'm going to go for about seven. I'm going to go for eight. I'm far more impressed. Eight. Eight for just not being defeated. Five years siege. But he didn't they, go out. There were, there were children born at the beginning of the siege who could talk and probably even throw fire over the walls <laughs> at the end of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, <laughs> Your little child army on the walls just throwing over little glass balls of stuff and then, yeah, funny flames. I, I can't Look give, at him run. I can't give Mommy, eight. Mommy, look at him run. <laughs> I can't give eight to... An emperor who's the only time he goes out to battle, his army run away <laughs> before he, it starts. He shaped the world, though. Yeah, yeah did he, though? I, he, he did. Like, the whole you world was said that. it. Yeah, okay, I said that it could. But... He beat, he beat uh, Sabonius as well. There was a, a, a guy coming along, he beat that as well. He did put that rebellion down, and the one on Sicily, actually, yeah. Okay, then I won't argue against you. I'll stick with my seven, you can have your eight. Thank you. Still think that's a bit high, but no, that's fine. Fifteen. Fifteen. Approvium Crazium. Uh, not much, really. Um, he cut noses. his brother's noses off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he had a vicious Andrew. Yeah. Oh, Andrew. <laughs> but that's about... I don't think you can really give... And that was at the time as well. Like, even the noses, it was it's what they did. It's just a it's form of disfigurement to make them look bad. It's just a... He didn't kill his brothers, which he no, which could have happened in previous no. times. He didn't test the Greek fire on them. No, no, he just got a blade and tied his own brothers' heads down so they wouldn't squirm and yeah, sliced upwards. I'm guessing until the nose was oh. sheared off. I've never considered that. That'd be a lot so, easier, um, wouldn't it? So at least <laughs> at you least get a much keep cleaner cut slicing upwards. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd have to start at the bottom and just go up. And you'd have to slice it because it's softer there. Then you hit the cartilage. And then you've got a really kind of... Almost like a sawing motion. Maybe he sawed them. Who knows? Ugh. Yeah, scissors. <laughs> so are you saying now, it's a world exclusive, Constantine IV invented scissors? Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, he did that. That's another one. That can be success as Ultimus. Um, no, I can't give him high. No, uh, I'll give him... I'll give him point each for the noses. I'll give him two. I'll give him one. Okay, that is three for a Brobium Crazy. Success ultimate. Okay, so he... See, this is where I think some of those points you were giving him for he should have got. He held back the caliphate and gave the empire room to breathe. Yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I think it's cross-thing cross yeah. here. Because it's fighting, but it's also success. Yeah. Again, the Bulgars was embarrassing, but actually they got rid of some troubling Slavic tribes at the same time, and the Bulgars were willing to protect the Danube for a price. This wasn't a serious defeat. It just meant they had new neighbours. So maybe it's not too bad. Um, Also, we got the church to agree on things. Yeah. First time in a very long time. So we have few details on his rule, but he seemed to do a fairly good job. I think he did quite a good job. Yeah. Uh, I... I'm I'm gonna go for a seven again. Seven, I'll yeah. match that. I think. A good solid seven. So fourteen, not bad, Constantine four. Image face. What do you think he looks like? A bit like Brian Blessed, thinner oh, with a shorter yeah. beard. Right. Okay. No, this one. Did you ever watch so, UBC's Thirty One? No. When you were a kid, he's an eighties 
like cartoon based on Greek myths. A guy called Ulysses and his everyone on board is spa- it's set in the thirty first century, and everyone aboard his spaceship gets frozen. Right. Uh, due to a thing, and, and he goes <laughs> okay. he goes to different planets and like he's, he's trying to unfreeze his family. And each one's basically like a, a Greek myth or legend based on it. It's, it's quite good, actually. It's, it's surprisingly good. But anyway, he He's has... He's freezing his family. Yeah, they're... But, like, defrosting them. Pretty much. Right, okay. Um, and he's got quite... The whole point of this, he's got quite a short, <laughs> but quite oh, a right, thick, okay. quick, thick, thickly trimmed beard. A short, thickly trimmed beard. Yes. That's what you're going for. No, a short, trimmed, thick beard. So right. very, very, very dense, but yeah. quite sure, very 80s, and it's slightly ready in tone. That's the image I have in my head anyway. Okay, well, here's the coin. Pay yourself, because it's a bit weird. All right. There you go. Ooh, oh, wow. <laughs> he's a bit anti, uh, but... He's he, like a fish. Yeah, his eyes are weird. His nose. They look slightly... One of his eyes just looks like a rock that's been thrown into his eye. The other eye looks like a weird fish eye that's stuck on the side of his face. His beard just looks a bit sort of goatish. A bit wispy. Wh- yeah. Wispy and goatish. It's not the most impressive of beards. I'm a bit disappointed, actually. It's not great, but there's more. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Because he was well-liked, yeah, was Constantine was. IV, in various places, including Ravenna. And Ravenna liked liked a few things, but one thing Ravenna liked was making mosaics. Oh, got a mosaic. Oh, yeah, we've actually got a different image. It's not a coin, it's a mosaic. Oh, that's haunting. And there he is. Oh, oh, oh my God. I've just realised who that looks like. That's Andrew. That's Andrew. That's a bowl haircut, a thin face. And, and a very dark, dark, deep-set eyes. A death stare. Very pale. Oh, we, we... Okay, we need to post Andrew on our website so everyone can see what Andrew looks like. What do you think... That's, well, that's what he looks like. Because the guy standing next to him is like, look, looks like maybe wearing gold. So do you think you've got the wrong one? Maybe is that I, actually Andrew? Maybe I got the wrong one. Maybe I did. Because he doesn't have a beard, so I, I'm not convinced that I, this is Constantine. That's haunting. I think that must just be Andrew. <laughs> also looks like he's got a skull mouth. It does, yeah, like sewn shut. Oh, it's terrifying. That's for, And his eyes are like different. So, so let's, let's go back to the coin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his eyes are different there, though. Yeah, he's got some strange Maybe that's eyes. a physical thing. Maybe he did have like one weird eye. Maybe he did. Because they does. match the mosaic and the coin. That's interesting. It's not... Yeah, they do, don't they? It, it's, it's not a great look, is it? You can, you can almost see why he spent time in his room. <laughs> I, I can't give high for this. I'm only going to give him two. I think he stands out quite a lot, actually. Oh, okay. You're impressed. I'm quite impressed. Yeah. It, it's certainly striking. Yeah, it's it the most is. interesting I've seen for a very long time. And I like the way it does... Like the weird eye on this, on the coin, matches up with the mosaic quite well. Oh, I, th- I think I'm about five for me. I'm thinking like a six. I'm quite impressed. Okay, so that's going to be an eight in total divided by four. That is two for Imagofacious. And how long do you think all that lasted? At least five years. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years. Six, six, eight to six, eight, five. Seventeen years. Oh, wow. Yeah, again, a few sources, but a decent rule. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, which gives them a score of 2.13 for this round. That gives him a total score of... A score of 36.13. That's... He's in the high 30 club. He's, he's a solid 30 club member, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Not bad. I believe yeah. I said last time they need someone in the high 30s. And they got someone in the high 30s. They did, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. No, but that, I think, will involve a conversation. Oh, yeah. Do they have a certain... Genesis? I think he's one of these emperors that 
people might not know much about because of lack of sources. Yeah. But he had a very profound effect on the world. Where his story is actually pretty amazing. Is it? He survived a siege and then he no, lost No, he survived. No, he pushed back the siege. And I think, you know, you, you could also argue like other emperors had. You cleverly go, well, actually, I'm not going to bother fighting you now. Yeah, no, you have that area. Yeah, we'll pay you and you'll defend that. You'll make it less problem for me in the future. I think he was a good, solid emperor, but I don't think he's got it. I think he's one of these hidden gems. I think he is. He's he's a he's not a hidden jet. He's a hidden. He beat the caliphate. No one else had. They'd been unstoppable. They're just sweeping through like a a blood stained hurricane across the you know the world, the <laughs> east, just destroying everything in, the, in their path. He stopped them and pushed them back. Well, a couple of things. To be fair to the caliphate, their their invasion is actually quite nice. If you remember, they're, they're not actually like destroying things. So I think okay. you're a bit over enthusiastic there. Sorry, Second, I... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really, def- he, he just halts them for a while. They will be back. No, it's, no, it's not like he's. Matter. No, forget the future. It's not like he's taken Syria back. No, forget the future. They've been beaten. They get land back because of it. They've been taken. Admittedly, when he was also emperor. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're, they're then paying him camels and slaves and money. £3,000 of gold a year? That's loads of gold. <laughs> Which he can then give to the Borgars. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that's just, that's I'd say that's a very uh, savvy political manoeuvre. Yeah, no, I don't deny it. I think he's he's a good all right emperor, but I don't think he's got it. I th- I really think he does. Really? Can I not talk you down from this one? Then? Well, we only have one other option. It looks like we do. Okay, official totalis ranking coin. Okay, here we go. I really I just want to go on record. I really don't think he deserves it. So if he gets right. it, I just... Well, you, you can't argue it, though. Well, obviously not. That's why I'm arguing first. Right, okay, here we go. Has he got it? Yes! That's ridiculous. I mean, we have, we've said no to some like seriously good emperors in the past. Severus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We said no to Severus. Yeah, but he he wasn't at the point where the emperor was on, empire was on a, a cusp. He defeated he two was. wizards. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Have the coin back. Yes. Well done, Constantine IV. For some reason, you have Jedi Caesar because Jamie's in a happy mood. <laughs> No, I no, I genuinely believe he was an interesting person and he did great things. I think you only gave it to him because you loved Andrew. No, no, I no, I genuinely did. Maybe slightly, but the coin has now spoken. Okay, fair honestly, get um get in touch, listeners, get in touch with us and tell us what you think. Were we right in awarding him? Just go on to Twitter and Facebook and tell Jamie that he's wrong. Do that for me, please. No. Yeah. This is about who's interesting, and he's interesting. He has a Jenny Caesar. Fine, whatever. Well done, Constantine. You have Jenny Caesar. You're so bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Have I ever lost a coin toss before? I think maybe I did right at the start. Maybe. Yeah. Well, no, the first one we did was Nero, and I lost that one. Did Nero not get it? No, you refused to give it to him. And I was was adamant that he should have it. You're like, no, but you were just saying no because he was so popular. Yeah, maybe I was. <laughs> Retrospect, maybe. Sure. But no, he was useless, though. Wasn't oh, he's he? terrible. Yeah. He was totally Interesting useless. Interesting story, though. So he was better than Nero. It's only the ship thing that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. Yeah. Uh, well, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can download us from Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Yes. And please leave reviews wherever you can. Not even on the internet, just generally. Go around telling people about us. Grab someone in the street, just tell them. Yes. 
And exciting news, if you were not aware, although I'm sure most people are who are Rex Factor fans, but Rex Factor are live on tour soon. Who are Rex Factor? They do a podcast similar to ours, apparently. You mean they copy us? I, I think they might have done. Oh, plagiarism. I know. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're doing a live tour, which oh, is cool. really exciting. And we are going to go and see them in Oxford on the 9th of November. Yeah. Yes, so if any of you are coming to the Oxford show, uh, we'll see you there. We'll be wearing the t-shirts. <laughs> yes. And the badges and the hats. Yes. And the capes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the horses at home this time, though. Yes. The amount of feces. Are... Okay, then. All that needs to be said, then, is... Woo! He got it! Pass the biro. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
This was honestly one of the shortest ones in word count that we've done in ages, and we've recorded for nearly two hours. That was a we ridiculous, a lot of ridiculous episode. <laughs>